Hey, what a great morning we've had. You know, one of the things that blesses me, or really, I should say, one of the things that really blesses me as a mother is to see all these young people up here uh, doing the praise and worship. So let's give them a big hand, eh? I think pretty well everybody that's up here could be my kid, including Emma. <laughs> so it's, it's just wonderful to me, you know, that we have a church that is the church of the next generation. We're not sitting kind of dreaming about it. It's actually happening. So how blessed are we, hey? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the awesome worship. We thank you for the uh, video clip. We thank you for all of what's going on in this building at the moment. We pray a blessing on all the children, the many children who are in creche this morning. We pray a blessing on all the children who are in children's church, the many children that we have here today, and we pray a blessing on the people looking after them. And Father, we pray that our ears would be open, our hearts would be open to hear what you're saying to us as a church today. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, yes, I am a mum. I've got five kids, four uh, daughters-in-law. Uh, I think we've got a boyfriend on the track too, so yay. Um, eight grandchildren, and I teach all this lot, so there's about 80 of them. So I reckon I mother 100. So, yep, it's great fun. I love it. It's my passion. But this morning, I was asked to preach, and, and the theme of the uh, month is generosity. And then Paul said, oh, but it's Mother's Day. I said, perfect. They go absolutely perfectly together, don't they? So I want to, for all the men, to think, and all the leaders, everybody who's trying to lead anybody, a family or anything else, just I want to speak to all of you this morning too, because, you know, there's a whole branch of leadership theory that says there's a whole lot that we could learn from mothers, from mothering, the ethics of care. You know, it used to be back in the day, perhaps if you were a leader, you told people what to do. But these days, more and more, the expectation that you will empathise, that you will nurture, that you will care, that you will bring people through and you will mentor people, you will sit beside people, is much more in all of the leadership theories. And so... I want you to think this morning, if you're um, aspiring to lead, you young guys, if you are in a leadership position, let's see if the Word of God can speak to you in that role. Also, in 2 John, you know, the second letter that John wrote in, you know, getting close to Revelations in the Bible, he starts off that chapter, oh, it's actually a book that's just a chapter. He says, "My to my dear lady and her children. And there's a lot of debate about who he was talking about. Was it talking to? Is it a particular woman? And most theologians, I think, have agreed that actually it's the church. So we could think of the church as a mother. And so we're all the church. So these principles that I'm going to bring forward today, I hope will encourage us to see how we can be better mothers. I'm still learning. Oh, my goodness, am I still learning? Um, as, a, as a mother, as a leader, and as a member of the church. Now, we were recently at um, church, the Church Unlimited Conference, or the conference that's sponsored by Church Unlimited, called New Zealand and Beyond, and there was an amazing evangelist there who spoke such clear words, and I, I benefited so much from him. 
we were at a lunchtime meeting with him. There was just a whole bunch of us in a room having lunch, and he just stood up and shared to me what was the most amazing message of the whole conference with none of the bells and whistles, just straight him standing up there talking. And he said that as Christians, there are three W's that we need to use in our lives. The first one is worship. The second one is well-being. And the third one is witness. And so then the rest of the lunchtime, he spent telling stories about how he had managed to realign his life around those three W's. So he's an internationally acclaimed um, evangelist, a preacher, a speaker, goes around all over the show. But he gave very ordinary examples of getting his life organised around worship, witness and worship, well-being and witness. It was very powerful because it kind of settled the kind of frenetic feeling You know, I work with these young guys when there's so many assignments that have to be done. Oh, my goodness, there's youth to go to. Oh, gosh, there's work to do. You know, as mothers, there's this to do, that to do, the next thing to do. You heard that lady on the screen say, I get up at four in the morning to make the pies and so forth. Well, maybe, but how how sustainable is that? You know, as leaders, do we lead frenetic lives as professionals, do we lead frenetic lives? You know, it's not sustainable, is what he was saying, and it's not healthy. So, pretty cool, isn't it, to have just three words. I can manage three words to kind of try and see if I can align my life a little bit better and not get pooped out and worn out and then grumpy and then unproductive. And so, I've got up and out generously. Let's see if we can work out this morning how we can mother, how we can lead, how we can be decent people in a church through um, applying those three words. So I went to the good old book of Proverbs 31. Now I know I've been in Christian women's meetings when they've said, oh, Proverbs 31, oh, you know, that chapter, oh, that just sends us into a tizzy because we can't do it all. It's old-fashioned anyway. I'm going, really? The Bible's old-fashioned? I don't think so. So I love Proverbs 31. I've lived my life around it for, I don't know, 45-odd years now. But obviously I've adapted it lots and lots of times through being in different stages. If you were to look at my bank accounts, I name them after keywords out of this. You know, I'm very deliberate about trying to do the job well by looking at the manual, as John has said. You know, if we, we can build our lives in the Word, it, it can have great results. So I, I had a go at pulling out some of the verses from Proverbs 31 into these three categories. And so the first one is generosity and worship. So I want to encourage us to think today, do we give ourselves generously to worship? What does that mean? Well, I think it means that we attend to things like actually reading the Bible. It's kind of my routine to roll over, pick up my phone now. I'm a bit lazy. You know, the phone's got a light on it. I can read it early, not disturb Alan. Press the button, and there's my three chapters. I can go through that, and there's my three chapters for the day. Now, that's not a tick box thing, though. If it is a tick box thing, that's about as bad as rolling over, giving a husband a 
and then getting up and thinking you've done your dash. No, it's, it's, about, it's about intimacy. Okay, so worship is about spending time as we did this morning, actually waiting on God, taking time to, to reflect and say he's holy. He's the Lord. He's the one that deserves our attention. So we do it through the word. We do it through praying, not necessarily in a set time, any old time, all day, says Paul. We, we have that attitude of worship every day. And then, as you can see there on the screen, I believe it's through the worship that we attain our noble character because as we behold him, our character changes. We appreciate our self-worth. She's worth far more than rubies. She's clothed with strength and dignity. As we, as leaders, as church members, as mothers, kind of catch on to the fact that God's on our side and he's on the throne, it gives us strength and it gives us dignity to approach the things that frazzle us, hey? As we set our heart on who God is and how he is and how he sees the situation, situations that seem absolutely impossible become possible. We've experienced a huge amount of change in the last few months. And, you know, sometimes driving, I just, you know, pray out loud, God, I want a breakthrough. I want to see change. I want to see, I want to see things shift in my situation, I want to see things shift in my children's lives. I want to see, th we've had three grandbabies in the last few months, and one not feeding well, and one, you know, this, and one that. I want to see breakthrough, Lord. I want to see change. I want to see progress. I want to see joy going on in this situation. In my own family, after my mum's death, I want to see transformation here, God. I want to see change. I want to see victory. I want to see people encouraged. I've seen it. In our church setting, I want to see this God. I want to see, but you know, we're seeing it. It's awesome, isn't it? So it's it's from that heart of worship. It's from that perspective of worship that we get to um, understand these things. It's not from our own earthly perspective. Now, I had a really cool verse that I read just in my. Um, my three chapters the other day, which I thought was really cool. I was reading, this is a bit of a blokey example for you blokes. There were some blokes that were close to Jesus, and they got a bit fed up because Jesus went and died on them, and all their kind of what they thought was going to happen didn't happen. And so the leader, one of the, the potential leader, the guy that was going to be the leader, said, well, I'm off fishing. And... Um, so the whole pile of them went fishing. Yeah, amen, I love fishing too. But it's a blokey thing, isn't it? All that stinky bait and all the rest. So off they went. They went fishing. Jesus turned up and he started to cook them some fish on the shore. But they didn't, didn't recognize him. They'd walked with him for three years, if you please. He wasn't that far off from the shore because one of them ended up jumping out of the boat. So they went in deep, you know. They went way out. They didn't recognize him. But the only person that recognized him was John, and the word is very clear. It says, that disciple whom Jesus loved said, ah, it's Jesus. So the guy that was the disciple, as John Munger has been saying, we need discipleship. The guy that was actually reading and paying attention to the word, 
the guy that had sat closest to Jesus and had that intimacy with him recognized, hey, it's Jesus. So then the leader dude, Peter, jumped out and said, yay, it's Jesus, let's go. So do you see what I'm saying? If we attend to the W of worship, we too will be able to see Jesus where sometimes, even having been a Christian for years and years, it's really difficult to see Jesus. Okay? So I just really want to encourage you with that. Generosity in worship. Allow yourselves, I need to allow myself, the time and the commitment to give myself to worship generously. Don't be stingy with it. Don't just do the, the mere bare minimum. Okay, the next one was well-being, generosity and well-being. And I've grouped some of these verses. I've kind of pulled them a little bit out of order. But her husband has full confidence in her. He lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Her husband is respected in the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. I think this is generosity of honour. And, you know, as a woman, it's, it's my honour to honour my husband but it's also our honour to honour one another. And if you're a leader, to honour those leaders around you. It's these guys' honour to honour Lincoln and Emma and their parents. It's our honour to honour um, Paul and Sally Ann and Tark and Adrian and everybody else who leads us. Now, in my efforts to honour Alan over the years, I've been married is that 42 years or something, has he always been full of confidence and looking like he's out shaking the world? No. Has he always done the stuff that I would have done if I was the boss, you know, I worked under him as the principal? Oh, if I was doing it, I'd... No. Um, has he always looked like um, or felt like or talked like everything was fantastic? Nope. But has it been my pleasure to honour him and encourage him and support him and know that in the end... He will be honoured in the gates of this place? Yes. And it happens. It happens all the time now. We walk down the street and there's, we teach the kids of kids that we taught. We communicate with people whose children we helped along the way. That just automatically happens as you do that sowing of honour. It happens. It's awesome. It happens all the time. There's another one back at church. Great to see you, Brenda. Okay, so... Honouring the leaders around you, honouring your husband, honouring honoring people is a real key, isn't it, to well-being. Honouring your parents, even when they are not absolutely fantastically acting honourably, releases something in them. And we saw that with our parents in their older age. Second section there, she makes covering for her bed. She is dressed in linen and purple. She sets her about her work vigorously, her arms are strong for her tasks. Hey, guys, you know, it was interesting that video that, um, that Sandra showed had been suggested to me, and I went, oh, gosh, it's a bit negative. Now, I do see there is a positive twist. But do you see that message is often what's given to mothers, that you do all the sacrificing, you're never seen, and, hey, you're not going to see the reward as well? Um, my reading of the Bible is a bit different than that, okay? So I'm just going to discuss that, all right? That's cool. We can have... It was an amazing message. It's good, but I see something different in the Bible, and I led my life 
differently with my children, so I'm going to explain. She makes coverings for her bed. She is dressed in linen and purple. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Hey, I believe that means we have to generously sow into ourselves, ladies. It's not just all about sacrifice. It's all about actually paying attention to ourselves as well. Because as we go to the gym, like Teresa and I do, or we go to the pools, as Teresa and I do, or as we do whatever we do to sort out our bodies, we're going to last longer. We're probably going to be stressed less. We're going to be stronger for the journey. So don't please get into your heads that for any of us, if we're leaders, if we're church members, if we're mothers, that sacrifice is the highest. God said Mercy is better than sacrifice. People end up sacrificing more than what they should when it comes to attending to their own well-being. And I get quite passionate about that because it makes a huge difference. I do have a funny story about it. Years ago, I worked it out yesterday. I was 42, but I wasn't very cool. Right, I was 42. I had a couple of um, teenage sons. And oh, to their horror, I got a job at Kaido College where they were. The second one didn't care a bit. He was all cuddles and great, that'll be great, Mum. The eldest one was horrified. What? You're coming to teach at college? Oh, he was not keen. Not keen at all. Anyway, we were discussing this. We were down in Auckland and these two boys had obviously talked together and they said to me, right, well, we've thought about it and there's one thing. You're not going to teach college in shoes like that. <laughs> so I said, oh, Really? So what had been happening is these were teenage boys that we expected to live good godly lives in the town. And so we had a bit of an arrangement that we allowed them to have cool clothes. Mind you, they had to pay half. But, and so I was forever buying them cool shoes, you know, cool dudes, cool shoes, nice sports shoes, which meant I had horrible old gungy ones and I was about to be a PE teacher at Kaido College. So right, Mum, we're going across to the shop and we're getting you some decent shoes. So... I went to day one, PE teacher with some lovely, nice, named brand sports shoes, and they thought that was okay. Do you know the funny thing about that? I was there for three years. Every time those shoes wore out and I bought another pair of branded shoes, you would not believe the number of teenagers that said to me, cool shoes, miss. <laughs> so, do you know what I'm saying? Ladies, leaders... Church members, it actually matters how we present ourselves. Don't be so worn out and exhausted that you can't um, be somebody who is strong, who has dignity, who has themselves together. I could preach it all day. All right? So it's, it's really important. I hope we, um, we see that. Okay, the next bit too. The next slide there. She selects wool. This is where people get a bit, ooh, this sounds a bit busy. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ship springing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark and provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. So there's the girl on the video getting up at four in the morning to make her pies. That's really cool. But the bit I want to talk about is the portions for her servants, servant girls. We get a bit eeky about serving, don't we? A bit kind of, oh, does that mean the Bible approves of the slave trade? Mm, well, people were slaves in those days. 
But, you know, I want to talk about the fact that Jesus said, those who serve are my friends. So in my house, I had servants who were my friends who were my children. So if we were doing anything as a family, we kind of did it together, all right? And the mum's job or the church leader's jobs or the leader's if you're a leader somewhere else, and the church's job is to kind of organise things in a way where the food and the clothes and the, the care of people happens in groups of friends. So that's the thinking behind the north, south, east, west of the morning teas. You know, it's, for me, it's fantastic to see the groups of friends beginning to happen out there. You know, all the people in North and Central are getting to know one another a bit better, I bet you, while you're out there buttering the bread and working out how the coffee machine works. My children, and not that I sound boastful about my children, I can boast about my children without boasting about myself. My children are not, were not unaware of what was happening in our house because they did it, a lot of it. Why was that? Because we were both involved in teaching their school, all right? So I found it very um, kind of testing sometimes to work out the limits. You know, especially when I was teaching at college and I was due at a staff meeting, I'd think, oh, there's a whole lot of stuff that has to happen in this house and it hasn't happened and I'm the mother, I better do it. But, you know, you, you step back from that. There's a whole lot that has to happen in this house. I've got a whole five children who are very able. I'd better organise them to be helping to do that. Or I'm going to get to college late. I'm going to get to college um, frazzled and they're not going to like the fact that I've grumped at their friends. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Get up while it's still night. Provide food for your family. But mums, leaders, church members, don't think that you've got to do it all yourself. Work on developing team in every area of your lives, include others. My most precious memories of um, being a daughter in my family on a farm, my most precious memories are the times when we helped, on the times when I was on the pony trying to keep up with the father who was on a decent horse, of the times when I was allowed to help um, be fleeso in the shearing, but I had to stand on a box to chuck the fleece, but somebody had enough confidence in me to let me do that without making a mess. You know, in the times that I was allowed to take the boat to do something, I learnt hugely from that. Those are the things that I remember. Those are the things that my children remember. Mum, it was great when we did together, yeah? So I just want to really encourage us in that. Whatever sphere of your work, of your leadership, of our church... Try and get others alongside of you. Develop team and let's move on together. She watches over the affairs of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Scarlet, to me, speaks of salvation. This passage here speaks to me of while you're doing all that busyness together, while you're living life together, are you actually bringing salvation? Are you are you? protecting your children? Are you protecting your team members? Are you protecting people in your church? Are you protecting them from the wrath to come? Are you actually ministering life? Yeah, it's not just all about being the, the um, busy thing. 
Now, for me, you can't really do all the the food, the clothes, the cleaning, the shopping, the the looking after salvation well unless you've done the worship well. Because sooner or later it will start to grate. And so in just a few minutes I'm going to invite people, if you know that you need to be closer to God, you know that you have to develop more intimacy with God to be able to see his perspective in ordinary life, and particularly with children and others, I'm going to invite you to come forward for prayer for that. But for me, those all those parts of um, Proverbs 31 are only the prelude to the next bit, which for me is the most exciting part. And that is the generosity of witness. You know, J. John, when he was talking about the worship and the welfare and the witness, he said, if you look at most churches and most Christian lives, we, we spend way more than 30%, 60% combined on all of those. We spend very little time on the third, which is witness. And so I've spent a lot of my life focused on witness when I think about it, but I wouldn't not have always thought that it was witness, so I want to just chat about that for a minute. Generosity of witness. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. I want to talk to you about being strategic in terms of our witness. She considers a field and buys it. So a field for me is like a domain. So you girls that are quite young... You could be, you boys that are quite young, you could already be considering what is the sphere of life that is going to be mine that I'm actually going to plant a vineyard in and I'm going to get fruit from. You want to end up getting to the end of your life and look back and say, I've got fruit and my fruit's going to remain. Now, I've picked all sorts of things and thought, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Some of them God shut the doors on very soundly, but I didn't realize I was doing the wrong thing, yeah? We can think, oh, this looks like the best idea, but if we are worshiping, God will redirect us, okay? So I want to really sow into us our understanding as a church that witness is not just knocking on your door, neighbor's door and making them a cake and inviting them to church, which, although that's good, it's not just um, ringing somebody up. It's not just encouraging somebody. It's actually considering a field of endeavor that you're actually going to invest in. So obviously Lincoln and Emma have invested in youth. Paul and Sally Ann have invested in us. For years and years and years and years, we invested in Christian education. Now that didn't start by suddenly having a school. If I talk about it up here very briefly, the school started with me investing in a few little preschoolers. It didn't look flash at the time. You know, when, you sow, when you're going to invest, the finance guys will tell you too, don't wait until you've got a million dollars and then invest that. Get a dollar and invest that. And then get two dollars and invest that. Get three dollars and invest that. Because it grows. It's amazing how it grows. So it's about 
thinking, considering a field and buying it. Out of your earnings, you plant a vineyard. Then look at it. Look at your trading and go, hmm, is it profitable? Is it going to last through the night? If it's not, adjust it. Think again. Work again. Do something else. In her hands, she holds the distaff. She grasps the spindle with her hand. She makes linen garments and sells them. She opens her arms to the poor, extends her hands to the needy. In that second section there, do you see that in her hand, she holds the distaff. She grasps the spindle with her hand. She makes linen garments and sells them. That's a whole lot of preparation there, isn't it? It's like the unseen stuff. If you're going to sell something, there's an awful lot of work that goes into preparing what you're going to sell. If you're going to invest in the kingdom of God somewhere, it takes a lot of preparation. For Liz to do children's church day week after week as she has, it takes time for her to prepare. Somebody else has prepared the materials. It takes time, and then, hey, presto, you do it, and there's the fruit. So I just want to encourage you that when, through this theme of generosity in, the, in our church that's happening right through all the campuses, we are presented with many opportunities to donate. Now, for some of us, we earn, and that's easy. We kind of go, oh, yeah, I'll just give that. But I remember very clearly when I didn't earn, there were 16 years between when I stopped work um, as a teacher, and then I went back to college and was paid. There were 16 years there when I wasn't paid. And so what did I have to give? I had time to give. So if somebody said, oh, there's a birthday party, do you want to come with your kids? I saw that as an opportunity to invest in the church community I was in, and so I did that. I sowed that. I tithed the money that I had to feed us all, that was $13, I remember. And then I doubled that and got to $26, and then I invested that. So I invested in growing things, sewing things. I bought an overlocker. I sewed the school uniforms. I sold those. I, I earned, and then I gave. I earned, and then I gave. I earned, and then I gave. Now, the last thing is when you give into something big, way bigger than you, which is exactly what mothers do, you become part of that story. So part of our giving further down the years was in Tanzania. We're now an integral part of that story. I helped train those teachers that are now doing awesome things. So don't, don't think that you can only invest when you've got heaps. Start now, guys. Start now. Invest the little bits. Invest the little bits. Invest the little bits. Anyway, I just wanted to... Um, encourage you to think this morning, I think, about those, the worship, the witness, the worship, the welfare, and the witness, just to encourage us all that we're on the cusp of something amazing here. We're on the cusp of something amazing. And if we can just learn to kind of get our lives um, in some sort of a pattern that means we are deliberately witnessing, we are deliberately beginning to sow, I know that further down the track, we're going to see this place packed. And so I just want to really encourage you with that. But as we end, I just want to ask, if, if there's anyone here who you know that your intimacy with God, your 
your worship, your relationship with God to allow you to see things from his perspective. If you'd like to improve on that, if you'd like to actually say, Lord, I want to open my heart to you. I want you to have a much more of an inroad into my life. If you'd just like to indicate by waving your hand, um, I'd, I'd love to just invite you up to pray. And the I'm going to do that in a minute. The other thing I want to do is if you are leading a group of, um, you know, if you're taking a Bible study group, if you're leading a group, can you just quickly stand up? And that includes Lincoln and Emma. So Elsie, um, if you'd stand up, please, Irene, for the East Coast one. Um, uh, Teresa, John, um, where's Andre? Andre. Um, who else? Elsie, Ellen, can you stand up for North? Um, Mug, do you mind standing up? Look, I just want to highlight the fact that each of these guys are giving their time, and there's others that are not here today. Each of these guys are giving their time, are, are just um, providing the opportunity for us to gather together and get into this worship, well being, and witness thing. We're on about being cared for. We're on about reaching out, and we're on, on about worship. So, you know, if you are you not yet part of a small group, you're not yet connected, it's not just about Sundays. It's about during the week too. So sit down, guys. If you, if you just want to um, meet with any of those people, please feel free. Emma, would you like to come up and do some music and... Trish, if you'd like to come forward for prayer, if there's if there's any other people that would like prayer for any reason whatsoever, we didn't make that opportunity this morning. Please do feel free to come as we just finish with um, with a little bit more worship. Okay, thank you.